0: Hey guys, welcome to the Lightmaker Podcast, a carefully co- curated <laughs> collection of <laughs> interviews with heart-centered change makers and spiritual entrepreneurs designed to help you ignite your inner light and, and guide you in creating a life that lights you up. I am your host, Cassandra Bodzak, and today I have the lovely Amanda Bolin with me. <laughs> hey, hi, hi, Cassandra. Amanda. So, Amanda, why don't you just tell us in your own words what do you do? How would you describe what you do? I love asking this question just because I feel like I could read your bio, but I feel like one of the thing, the number one things I think people struggle with is actually articulating what it is they do when you don't do oh something super conventional. <laughs> that is no, I you hit the
1: nail on the head. It was so not um, conventional. It's not like, "Hi, I'm a lawyer. I'm a financial advisor, which those are all fantastic occupations, but living in the world that you and I do, it's, you do one thing and then out of it, you start creating other things and then other things birth. So I primarily, a lot of, I spend a lot of my time working as a facilitator coach in organizations on the EQ side. So the behavioral, the human, how do you align organizations to get them all in the same vision? And I get to travel the world and do a bunch of different things with that. And then This past January, I launched a podcast with two other girls, Tess Wicks and Molly Daly, and it's called She Did It Her Way. So we interview female entrepreneurs from across the globe, and we launch a show every single Monday at 12 p.m., and then um, out of that, I just started blogging on the Alignment Project, which is where I house all my tidbits on the life of a solopreneur, so that would be someone who goes out and is a freelance consultant, if you will, where it's just them and they're doing their own thing and they're building their business and it's just them because I have an extreme passion passion around making people, like helping people get aligned with their own personal vision. So not just from an organization standpoint, but what do they see the vision for their life and then how do you make that a reality? And so um, just a lot of different things in the works, but all around probably the entrepreneurial realm world I would say. Yeah,
0: I love it. So, for people that are listening and are like, "Oh my god, that sounds like so much." Um, where did you start and how did you first kind of get that desire to even think that this could be something you could create for your own life?
1: I well, I graduated college back in 2010 and I studied finance and entrepreneurship and I knew that I wasn't going to stay in a corporate position for long. I just didn't know when the timing would be. And when I graduated in 2010, I took a job at Target in their stores as the executive team leader. It's a fancy term for a manager position. And I was in Des Moines, Iowa, and I did it for about 13 months. But along that path, I had met a gentleman who's a mentor of mine, Adam Carroll, And I just saw the way that he had lived his life and he got up every single day, loving what he was doing and he was creating. And I'm fortunate enough because I knew that it was possible to have that lifestyle and to live that life. And so, because I knew it was possible, I said, okay, I want to do that. And I caught myself probably six months in and at the time, like 22 after you graduate college and I'm like is, is this what it's like, is this, is this real life? Like, is this what people, they go to school, they take out student loans and then they find themselves in a job that they work in 12 hours a day and it's okay. Like it's great pay, but are you justifying your work because of the money? And then you're in this, like, I just felt stuck and I felt suffocated. And I was like, no, I know it's possible to go out and live this life that you get up every single morning loving. And when I had made the decision to leave Target and go to an interim position, I was a recruiter at Wells Fargo, but I didn't actually work for Wells Fargo. I was a contracted employee, which that um, during that transition, I went to a conference that was geared towards college-age students called Succeed Faster and recent college graduates. And I had met a gentleman at that conference named Chad, Cardin, who is the owner of the Cardin group and I absolutely fell in love with what he was doing which was facilitation working with companies and organizations from the mindset behavioral standpoint to how do you employ engagement and how do you coach and lead better and I just fell in love and I was like I want to do what you do I don't care that I'm 23 but I want to <laughs> do what you do and from that point on that was July, um, 2013, I just constantly networked and stayed in contact with Chad to learn his business. And then in May, 2012, there was an opportunity to go out on my own and to work an AT&T project. So when I go and work these projects, they're contracting me, but then I go out on behalf of the company. And, um, there's just like, even in that alone is there's so much, to go into that. And I get a lot of people that want to meet for coffee and learn the story and hear how it was, how I went from corporate America to solopreneur. And I would bet that your story is very similar. So a lot of people that what we see is we just see this person who just quits their job and then it like happens, right? Where I have, there's there are three stages. I call it the lead lead up, the leap, and the land. And the lead up, which was my time at Target and Wells Fargo, is it was hands down the hardest part of that process because if you're contemplating, like once you start questioning where you're at and if you truly want to be there and you're thinking about what else is out there, that's hard because you sometimes... I, and I, I've done this in my own life that if I start challenging something and it gets uncomfortable, I'm like, nah, I don't want to challenge it anymore. Let's just like leave it peachy keen. Everything's fine. And um, that that that's the hardest part. Anytime someone's making transition, I could go so like dive deeper into that. But for the sake of where we're at now, I'll just keep status quo. So since May 2012, I've been able to work on a handful of different projects and different companies and then – When I'm not out traveling and I'm not out facilitating or coaching, it's just allowed me time to be free and create all these other things that I've, like, the opportunities, like, popped up for me to take advantage of. So I definitely, I'm a creator, and if I see something or I have an idea, I'm like, oh, let's test the waters, okay, So you might come up with 100 ideas, but maybe only take action on, like, two of them that make sense, because after you play with them, which I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that do that.
0: Yes, for sure. But you're right. There's so much in there that I think we could go into more depth in. I won't go into everything, but I think some of the things that stuck out to me, because uh, one of the reasons I'm really excited to interview you is because in some ways we have similar paths but you definitely went much more like the corporate america route where i kind of always was on the alternative route um i never really i wouldn't even allow myself to get a job that i might get comfortable in so i specifically chose jobs that would be uncomfortable that i knew i couldn't like end up in long term
1: that's so smart
0: But, but no, but I think a lot of people can relate to where you're at because a lot of people are in that job that is a nine to five, that is paying their bills, that is, you know, keeping that security in their life. And I also find it interesting that you decided to go from, and I think this is something that a lot of people probably don't think about or maybe don't think about enough is when you first get that bug I notice I talk to a lot of people when they first get that bug where they're like oh my god I'm doing this job but I'm meant to be something bigger I'm meant to be helping women do this or I'm meant to be coaching with that and they don't know what to do because they just feel like they're either where they are or they have to quit everything right now and Mm -hmm. do what they want and I like that you actually found, like, a stepping stone with the Wells Fargo job. And it Mm -hmm. seems like that was kind of like, and correct me if I'm wrong or, you know, what was going through your head, but it seems like that was kind of like a logical transition set for you to be like, I'm going to move from being this perhaps more intense position to this other um, thing that could be more of an interim choice.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that because actually the hardest – the hardest decision I made wasn't leaving Wells Fargo and going out on my own. It was leaving target and going to Wells Fargo. And the reason being is because I left target with like, you were just saying comfortable. Like, and a lot of people I think are comfortable and that's when it gets easy to justify, Oh, well I'm having this succession plan or I'm, I'm making good money or, I mean, we'll just, find reasons to justify it because sometimes we don't want to deal with the reality of how like what's truly stirring up inside of us and when I left I when I went to Wells Fargo I mean it wasn't guaranteed it was I could walk on and start work, working and a week later they could have said okay no longer we no longer need your services so that was one of the risks I took a significant pay cut I do um I took a pay cut I lost all my benefits <sighs> That was my laundry. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I lost all my benefits. I didn't have PTO. So anytime that I did take off when I was at Wells Fargo, it was absolutely unpaid. And I left this really what a lot of people I think would have believed to be a safe environment. And it did have a target and it's a great company. And I always say it was boot camp for after college, because I mean, you, they put you through so much that I mean, you really are challenged and you're pushed and you are pushed outside your comfort zone within that realm. And when, and there were like, I had a hypo plant, like a high performer. So by the time I was 25, 26, I was already staged to be having my own store and you would make six figures. And so there was that with it, but, and a lot of people that I worked with at the, I mean, they're my best friends, but, and this is nothing to them. And I think it's anyone that you might encounter is it I was looked at as I'm the crazy one. What are you going to do with your resume? What if it fails? Like you're living in la-la land. I mean, it wasn't just employee or like my peers. It was like, everyone was like, wait, what are you doing? Why? That's not real, Amanda, because you, I mean, you just go to work and like, that's what you do and you get home and you get a paycheck. But I also, I think I was fortunate enough that I came from a family where it was extremely blue collar and my parents had no expectations for my siblings and I, because I mean, it was like a first generational college. Um, my siblings and I were, so uh, for my parents, it wasn't, there's no uh, outside pressure of say get the 401k do what's safe. They're like, Oh, you got, you figured it out this far. Like you go do you like whatever happens happens. And so I had their support probably through a naiveness of, I mean, they just, they're like, okay. And I love (laughs) my parents. Um, so that was a benefit because I know some of my friends who, if they want to jump and they want to maybe quit their job, that's paying them 60 to $75,000 a year. Their parents might be like, what are you doing? So, I mean, there's just so many emotions that go in. And and if you like, if you attach your success and your value and it's rooted in your paycheck or it's rooted in your job title more than it's rooted in, do you find joy every single day? And there's, I firmly believe there's a difference between joy and happy. Like, joy is this genuine wholeheartedness, like want to just pour yourself into life versus like convincing yourself. I mean, there's very, there's a much difference. And I was, I would convince myself in the mornings when I'd show up to Target, I'm like, oh, I'm growing, all these great things. But then I started having worse days than good days and so you kind of teeter-totter and I did that for about like four months and then finally like there was a breaking point the straw that broke the camel's back and I was like nope I'm leaving and I made the decision and then that's when I feel like the universe opened up and started shifting and these opportunities came out and it's just it feels it felt so right I love it
0: yay yeah I love it (laughs) So another part of that story that I kind of wanted to go into a little bit more because I know for me, and I think for some of the people listening, they might not have the the business background that you have. And so when you were kind of talking about how you met with Chad and you started networking with him and you kind of like kept that connection going for a bit because you knew it was something you were interested in, what does that actually look like? Because I know for me... Um, That's not something that I've ever intentionally done.
1: Hmm. But, um, networks kept that relationship or just like the business, the business side you're, you're saying
0: like for, for me, at least I meet a lot of people and I probably do what could be considered networking. But for me, I just like become friends with people that I'm excited about what they're doing. And I usually don't, for better or for worse, have any like motive. <laughs> I, I don't really, you know, I rarely is there a person that I meet that I, I mean, maybe once in a while, you know, I'll, I'll meet like an editor from a magazine and there will be that thought that like, oh, well, maybe down the line we'll get to work together on something. Um, but, but even so then it's usually like, that's just my experience. And perhaps like I didn't go to business school. I never really was, um, trained in networking per se. And I feel like a lot of the people that follow me probably might be in the same boat as far as they're more spiritual entrepreneurs where they are. And not to say you can't be both spiritual and business like, but I think they're probably coming... I come from the place of that like, the universe will put in front of me whoever I need. And, uh. um, and I'll just attract those things. But I do think there is tremendous value in actually knowing, like, hey, I met so-and-so, and maybe... Let's just give an example. You're at a party, and you're just starting a blog, or what, yeah, let's just say this, okay, you're at a party, you're just starting a blog, it's like a healthy living blog, and I'm just making this up right now, (laughs) and you meet the editor of Martha Stewart Living, or whatnot, and you love Martha Stewart Living Magazine, and so you're friends, and you're friendly, and you normally, and you you exchange contact information. Meanwhile, you know, maybe like right now I'm not like I just started this blog like a week ago. I don't mm-hmm. know if like I'm not ready to pitch Martha Stewart, but um but it's a good contact. So, what would you what where would you go from there?
1: So, you're saying if someone um I I get what you're saying where like you see how you could partner with someone, but how do you be intentional about it without being like slimy ish well because i I heard
0: what you said with chad how you met chad at this this convention
1: yeah i i I, and i think it it comes like spirit spiritually too where a lot of people that a lot of your followers is it's always like, why are you, where's, where are you coming from when you do it? Like, is it coming from a way to benefit you as an individual or are you coming from a place of serving? And for me, with Chad, I genuinely, and I think like anyone can benefit from reframing things in their mind. Like Wayne Dyer always said that when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And so if you're looking at an opportunity as a way for you to get your foot in the door and it's a very selfish opportunity. Change it so that you're coming from a place of curiosity and wanting to serve and, like, figuring out how do you add value to that person. Because I know with Chad, I was just genuinely so curious about his business. And then seeing him get up and in front and speak, I I don't – I think, like, I also – I tend not to shy away from opportunities to reach out to people or to network and to figure out how can I – learn more about this person because I know there's been opportunities where if I've seen how something could benefit me and I've gone after it, it's, oh, it's completely bombed and it's failed and it made Mm -hmm. me look like a complete, uh, nerd, I guess. (laughs) But, um, I would just definitely do a gut check and say like, where are you coming from or why are you doing this? Because wherever, and I, I think it would be the same thing for you is like, where, what space are you coming from and like what's your why for reaching out to this person and, and for Chad. And I, I think like, I'm just an innate networker. I love connecting people where they can build things together to like move whatever they're doing forward. So that's my genuine, but I mean, frankly, like there's times when I personally will get, if I see someone else's like something's moving ahead or I'll be like, Oh my gosh, like super jealous. I can feel myself going like, how did they get that opportunity? And I'm like, I'm so far behind and I want to pull my hair out and that lasts for all like 15 seconds because then it's keeping in perspective to say, okay, you're in your own, like you're doing your own thing and and make like always ensure operating from abundance versus scarcity and, and doing it that way. I went on a tangent. I apologize. Well, I like that. that. No,
0: I like you getting at, and I totally agree with you. I get a lot of people actually that email me, um, about working for me or interning for me and they. The emails that I feel like that are really giving, that are really about, like, this is why I relate so much to you. This is, you know, how, you know, here's, like, examples of, like, blogs that really touched me or whatnot. Where I feel like someone actually, like, is genuinely invested. And then instead of necessarily, like, and then the ask will be something like, You know, is there any way I could help support you? Like, do you need help with, like, this? I'm really good at X, Y, and Z. I used to run X, Y, and Z. Like, so I feel Mm. like I'm I'm much more, whereas, like, the emails that I get that are just, like, you know, can, can I pick your brain or will you tell me your story of how you started your business don't have as great of an energy because... If someone really wanted to know how I started my business, they could find it online and right. then write me a more, you know, conscious email that was like, you know, felt like there was like a, a good energy exchange there that wasn't just like a take. Um, yeah. So I think that, yeah, that is definitely important, whether it's for networking or for whatever. But, um, but I think you brought up a good thing, which I know that a lot of people are dealing with right now, is looking at other people and what they're doing. And I love that we talked about it in the beginning. I know I get a lot of times when, you know, I meet people. People are like, oh, my God, I can't believe, like, like how did you do all this? They're <laughs> like, uh, my favorite question is, my favorite question is, who's your publicist? <laughs>
1: And you're like, I don't, I don't have one. Which is okay. I do like, not have quite the social media following as you, but I, my, um, my answer
0: is always God. <laughs>
1: like, no kidding. It's like, it, but the we, universe. Um, last night, so in my, um, in my Bible study last night, we were talking about how now, like, Instagram and social media can consume people, and and I don't, I won't sit here and be like, oh. I've never had to worry about that. I'm completely like <laughs> I got this because but I like it's there's a statistic now that Instagram causes depression in a certain age <sighs> of teenagers, which makes me really sad because Oh my god. It's it's devastating that and from a whole different like whole different side it is that knowing like number one, comparing ourselves to someone else. Like we're all running our own race and to feel inadequate and to compare ourselves to other people, it it just, it happens and it's not fun. But I know like something that helps me, like when that does happen, because I know like, you don't, why would you want to have something like that rob you of your joy? But it's very easy. And when I, like a year ago, when Instagram for me was like, Oh, I Instagram for probably two years and had no idea what it was. I thought it was just a platform that you can spruce up your pictures. And then all of a sudden I was like, what is this person liking this photo for? (laughs) And I was so confused. And then after you start realizing and like in the blogging world and like it really is used as a PR thing, then you start. You're like, well, if I post this, like I caught myself being like, if I post this photo, like how is it going to blend with the rest of my brand? And it's this necessary, I don't want to say necessary evil, because I think it's kind of fun. It, it's a way to be creative and to like capture your life. But then when it starts impacting the way you live your life is, I think when I, for me, and I'll just speak for me, when I was like, whoa, what? Like that's, that's banane. And it's just keep it in perspective that sometimes what people, what people are opposing is Maybe it is real life. Maybe it's not. And if it is real life, like freaking kudos to those people that are like high on life, like sailing on a private, not sailing on a yeah, private yet, <laughs> yeah. like yo, <laughs> like, good for them. Like yeah, being right, like always coming from this place of like happiness and abundance, and being like you know what, good for them. They probably work their ass off and deserve it. And even if they didn't work their ass off, like good for them because they're having fun, doing their thing, like. You're never going to get anywhere in life if you're just constantly comparing yourself to other people.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's a huge thing. And with Instagram and and with everything, I think with Instagram, it is true. It's like you have to realize. And it's interesting because I try to consciously ride the line with this. And (laughs) it's funny because... um, I do believe, obviously, like, and this was later, like, again, I was already on Instagram for, like, three years before I decided to, like, make my feed look attractive, <laughs> you know? Before I was like, you know what? It would be really pretty because of what I do. I want, like, the general look of my feed to really feel like light is shining on you. Like, that's absolutely the goal. But at the same time, it is, like, you know, people don't post their bad days a lot of times on Instagram. And... Uh, sometimes I try to, like, consciously, when I'm having a bad day, share it on Instagram, not in a way to, like, disempower or, like, you know, rain on anybody's parade, but to just be like, hey, like, we have bad days, too, you know? Like, you know, I can... It's not all sunshine and green juice all the time. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but at the same time, it's like, I also... You know, I think sometimes I do go long periods when it is all sunshine and green juice. But the thing that people don't realize is that it took me eight years to cultivate that. It took me lots of work to get to a place where now more often than not it is. A, you know, a good situation, and and the same thing. Like we were saying with people's achievements, it's. I personally, actually, I was talking to my friend about this the other day, um, and I, you know, and he was saying that like so. One of his uh, one of his girlfriends was going through a situation because she's been wanting to get married and like find this dream guy for like the longest time. And I love I love him. He's like one of my gay best friends. But like um and he was like, you know, I don't she's been a wreck because one of it was like one of her, like, cousins or something, it was kind of like a family thing. Like, she's been doing all this work, like, for the past couple years, like, to, like, manifest this ideal man and all, all this stuff, whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere, one of her cousins, like, finds this amazing guy, is already engaged, like, everything. It just happened, right? And she's just been, like, in total depression now because she's just like, what, you know? And as much as I so feel, I so feel for her and I so know that it's so hard when you've been, like, cultivating something that you want to, whether it's a relationship or it's something like, you know, um, buying a house or it's achieving a certain, you know, doing a TED Talk, you know, there's, like, probably something more in line with what I would look at, you know. But, like, (laughs) you know, something like that and you see someone else do it, I think it's so important for us to remind ourselves that, That's just the universe showing us an example that it can happen, that it's on its way. It's not like there's no just because, you know, you've, you know, been able to become a solopreneur and like not work in corporate America doesn't mean that that has prevented anybody else from doing that. Right. Right.
1: I mean, you said it before, it's not all green juice and (laughs) sunshines. Yeah. But I, sometimes it's a, it's a mindset climb in level of consciousness because one of the things that Chad, who I work with a lot, always said is like, control what you can control. And It's how you react to what, like, what you might consider a bad, and I'm not saying you just anything in general, or even myself, three years ago, what I would consider as super, super bad, terrible day, has now, it's all relative, has now made itself down here because I've come through a level of consciousness to know that, like, I can only control what I can control. So, one of the things that I would freak out about were my massive student loans, and I'm like, I, it steals and robs me of joy every single month, like it is the situation. It's, it's what it is. Like how I react to it is going to dictate the way in which I do it. And I think there are a lot of people that could easily post like these terrible, bad days that I think most people or some people might consider terrible, bad days, but to them they're like, eh, like it's another day. I'm going to react to it in a positive manner. Cause that's the only thing I can control. And I'm going to move on. And so I, for you, like rainbows, green tea Mm -hmm. juices like that's just become your norm that you've cultivated and that's the the world that you live in so I think that all just stems from like if when people or whoever's listening is what type of world do you want to create for yourself and where what do you want to live in but that transition from getting to this place to a higher level of conscious is you, number one, always have to grow, and it's not the easiest thing to do, but you have to be patient with yourself as you move towards that higher level of consciousness. And frankly, like, I was thinking about this this weekend when I was flying home from New Jersey. I'm like, you literally have to get over yourself. Like, you just have to... I was going to say bend over. Well, I did say it, but... (laughs) you You literally have to get over yourself and, like, all the feelings that, like, from your childhood... And I'm saying this is because I bared a lot from my childhood and experiences and emotions of like sadness and all these other things of guilt and stuff. And you sometimes and like I wanted to hold on to it like a badge of of an honor. But in order to like free yourself, you just have to get over yourself. And it's hard. But you have to want to do it. You have to believe you can get over yourself and you have to believe like you need to do it and you can do it. So that I think, like once you get to that level, it's like life is rainbows and butterflies. Yeah, the journey of the time. Like, M- granted, terrible things still happen, absolutely. But I mean, it's we create the world in which we live in, for sure. So, so,
0: so speaking of that, I think what is, you know, what are the things? Do you have rituals every day, or something in your life that kind of keeps you? conscious of that mentality of knowing that you know when um when something happens where you want to react from that place of like oh this shit that happened in my childhood um you know what are your little kind of check-ins and stuff
1: yeah well I I think it's a series of questions to ask myself and I'm a firm believer it's all about the questions we ask and the questions we ask ourselves and I think a lot of like I, I would bet you would even say that like I, there's a quote in a movie Have you've seen bridesmaids? Yeah. bridesmaids yeah okay at the end of the movie when it's megan and annie and annie's feeling sorry for herself and megan shows up at the door and she's like hitting annie and she's like you're your problem annie you are your problem and you're your solution and when i want to start feeling bad about like any sort of time I find myself in a specific situation, given my past or where I'm at and like comparing myself to other people. I always like ask myself like, what good does this bring? What is it currently stealing from me in terms of like joy and presence? And then just keeping perspective that like life, life is, I don't want to say a game, but it's, it really is truly how do you choose to navigate from it? Because there, I mean, there are things that happen all the time. You go to the dentist office, and they're like, wow, you really need a crown, and that will cost you $1,100. And you're like, awesome. I worked how <laughs> hard for that $1,100, and you're just going to steal it? Like, I'd rather pay student loans. Yeah. But it's like, it's amazing because that actually happened three – I have terror. I used to eat a lot of sugar as kids – as a kid. But, like, three years ago, that had happened.
0: I feel you. I feel the same way about spending money on the dentist.
1: <laughs> yes. Like, terrible. They're, they're, like, necessary people. But three years ago, that like, had happened – and it was like, oh, see you later. Like $1,100 just floated out of the savings account. And then I was in Seattle and I chipped my tooth. And, and like three years ago, I was like bawling and crying. And I was like, this sucks. And like part of it is like, thank God bless my parents. Anytime I go home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I like had a tooth issue or whatever. And my dad would be like, yeah. <laughs> like, Look for support. And he's like, uh, okay. And I... Like, at the time you want that emotional, like, it's okay, like, let me pet you, you're fine, whatever, but it almost, like, toughens you up that you're like, yeah, I mean, that is life, like, and it happened again, and I was like, well, whatever, if I'm going to do like, why would you want to waste emotional capacity on something that you cannot change that has to be done? Just do it, get over with it, and figure a way out, and, like, how do you look at the situation? So I was upset, I was like, there goes $1,100, but then it was like... Oh my gosh, I'm so fortunate that I have that money in my savings account to pay it. And so even though, yeah, it sucks, like there's a lot you could do with $1,100. It's like, how can I take it and be grateful for this opportunity and to say like, I'm so blessed and thankful that I have been given that opportunity to save that money. And now like, I don't have to put it on a credit card to pay for it. So it's always looking for the ways to be grateful and use it as a way just to be thankful. Yeah. And I feel and like it's tough. it's tough. It's not easy, but I mean, it just takes practice.
0: Yeah, and I feel like what, that's something that I think was also a big like aha for me was realizing the energy it takes to complain, and not even like I feel like I'll speak for myself that it. I stopped complaining outwardly a lot for the majority of the time. I stopped outwardly complaining a while ago, but what I didn't stop is the inwardly complaining and it would be like over little things that you know are ridiculous like if like the commute someplace this is like a total new yorker thing like if 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 someone's making you go to a borough you're like oh god i gotta go to brooklyn you know there's like this whole like you know you become like this diva about the subway and then i noticed that the amount like, I was just, I don't know how it occurred to me one day, but I just, I guess I just finally became conscious of the amount of energy I was leaking just by uh-huh. having that internal complaint dialogue about anything, whether it's about the $1,100 you have to pay for your tooth, or it's about like a, an hour and a half subway ride to go to Brooklyn to some yoga class. You're like, you know, wow, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Because at the end of the day, I'm either gonna do it or I'm not gonna do it.
1: Right. And
0: if I'm not going to do it, then just don't do it. And if I'm going to do it, then I'm going to do it. So, that like, all that other kind of, like, mind trash, I'll call it, you know, just right. leaks all of our energy and really, like, pulls us down. It's so, um, it, it's really, it's worthwhile. <laughs> it's worthwhile. Yeah.
1: I was listening to um, a podcast, and, like, even with that, because I had battled with like student loans for so long being like, here's this like rent payment going a month and I would hate it and I would dread it. And it like, cause it's a it, money's an emotional thing. And it, you, you look at like what you could be doing, but then ever since I twisted it or I, like, ch- not twisted, but changed it to, Oh my gosh, I'm so fortunate that I had the opportunity to get the education. I had the opportunity to like be qualified to take out a loan to like, now I get to repay it and I'm going to soon own my education it like has now made that process less emotionally drainage and draining. And it, I don't know there's, I can't describe it, but there's just a shift with it. And so whether it's money or something else, or like if it's your time and you're struggling with it, like change it to, I get to do this. Like you don't have to do something. I don't have to pay the student loans. I don't have to go. Like you didn't have to go to yoga, but you get to do it. Like, Even like take this interview, for example, if I thought like this morning running around getting ready and I'm like, oh, I have to do this interview. Like what type of energy does that set me up with? No, dang, I get to do this interview, right? Yeah. If we look at it that way, like everything is an opportunity versus something that we have to do, then I think you just change the way you look at things.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's funny that you brought up the questions thing. Because I just, um, one of my spiritual teachers just posed, you know, we're, he was talking about what, you know, the questions that we ask ourselves and how like we kind of start off and when we're in like the beginning of our journey, the questions that we're always asking ourselves is who am I, you know, who am I? And then, um, and now the, the question that he was asking us to, or me to ask myself was who am I when I don't get what I want? You know, who am I when things don't go as I plan them, you know, and and then allowing yourself to sit back and really be like, okay, like what like where does my default go at that point? You know, does my default go to like being neurotic or or being or being like, you know, for me, I think when things don't go as planned, my default is always to say that, you know, it's kind of like a redirection like if if something didn't happen the way i planned then i i have to trust that there's something better going on but i think it's also you know in that moment of of asking yourself uh well if this didn't go as i planned then then okay so so i have to kind of trust at least for me this is what like the dialogue is is like i have to trust that Something better is in the works right now. And this wasn't aligned, even though for some reason I thought it was. Or maybe it was just a stepping stone. Um, or maybe it was aligned for a reason that I don't know right now. And I just have to sit with it. Um, but for you, what, you know, has there... So it's I've been, like, thinking of that question a lot. And I think it's really interesting. So have there ever been, you know, somewhere along your path, whether it was personal or professional, something that... You know, you really thought you wanted that you didn't end up getting or it didn't really go the way that you planned it. And you kind of had to take a step back and sit in that and be like, okay, what like what do I do now? Where am I now?
1: Yeah, I think that I would say that probably happens. I mean, I remember one distinct time was when I wanted to when I was in. Uh, I think I was at, I was at target and I wanted to get out of target and I wanted to move to Chicago, but life had taken me from Iowa city to Des Moines, Iowa. And I so badly wanted to get to Chicago and I was interviewing for jobs and it wasn't working out. And I knew I was trying to put a square peg in a round hole, but like what I wanted, my desires, like I'm a firm believer, like he, he knows better, like what's best for my life than I do myself. And it's, You're right. It's like sitting with what is and then having now in hindsight and seeing that. Because I I don't think I was – I don't think I was as – wise as I like now that I am I don't think I was as wise as I like was back when I was 23 24 because back then it was a child kicking and screaming and being like what are you doing like this doesn't make any sense I so want to get out of I want to move from Des Moines to Chicago like I deserve this and nothing was working out from the interviews that I had had but then when everything fell into place and I could look back and I'm like okay I get it and then from that moment forward that was the the one like the biggest thing that I was like all right I trust that whatever happens is happening for a reason and for me to say like, what can I learn from it and how can I move on? And you're like, it's the questions you ask. And even in sales training, it's like, if you, if you're out, you're trying to create an environment like a buying environment for your client. It's if you're not getting a great response, it's because you didn't ask a very great you didn't ask a great question. So how can you change the question to get a different response? And in Tony Robbins book, awaken the giant within, he has a whole chapter on questions that we ask ourselves because some of them that we might ask are like, why, why does this always happen to me? Why am, why does he not like me? Why do I always um, do like, why does this always happen? And those questions, I mean, if you look at it, they're, Questions that don't really set you up for success. And if you, like, take, for example, I always say, if you get out of bed in the morning, you're like, is t- is today going to be a good day? You're leaving it open for a yes or no. It's what we call a closed-ended question. But it allows for you to say, no, today's not going to be a good day, or yes, today's going to be a good day. So throw that question out and say, how good will today be? And that automatically assumes that today is going to be a great day. You get to decide just how great it will be. And so that's where I say, like, changing the questions, like you were saying, internally will help us figure out where we want to go. And you can Google – I mean, I would encourage people if they're listening, Google questions to ask yourself because there's a plethora that you can pull from online because people have written blog posts about it. But it definitely – Like, if you're always asking questions like, why does this happen to me? Why – I always say, like, why doesn't he like me? Because I've I've been there and I've asked myself that question. Or, like, am I not good enough? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do not. (laughs) Chop that question up. Spit it out. Get rid of it. It's BS. Don't do that to yourself. Like, don't do that. And one of the things I would say, too, is, like, when you're transitioning through – and I'm sure you – like, when you coach people, you tell them this, too, is – There was a period of my like went in solopreneur that I had doubted myself and I had like rooted my identity in my work. And I went through a really low time and I found myself like feeling as if I was unemployed, questioning like, who am I? What do I do? And then I'd be like, well, am I really that capable? Like, and then you have that nagging voice in the back of your mind that's like kind of just like pulling at you but it's not really setting you up for success and and so rewiring your brain to a different thought and creating different pathways takes time because the more often you think about like why me why this why that like you're the you can google this too the neurons create the pathways in your brain that the more you think about it it just it gets it's like a wider and wider highway so that automatically you'll default to that thought And so changing it takes time and it takes practice, but it can be done.
0: Yeah. And I love that. I think that's, uh, that's very powerful. I think, you know, um, one of the questions that I ask myself, well, the, the series of questions I ask for s- myself every morning when I'm kind of reconnecting to like source and myself is just be like, you know, where would you have me go? Who would you have me be? What would you have me say? And to whom? What miracles would you have me perform today? And yeah. I just kind of like set that stage for like, I'm, no, I'm performing miracles today, but like just let me know what's on the agenda. And, um, and also I think one of my default questions, um, I'll just offer up that is kind of, You know, something that I usually applied every situation because I firmly believe that. You know, regardless of whether something, you know, something works really smoothly or something, you know, is a little bumpy or something, you know, the guy doesn't call us back or that job like doesn't want us or isn't going to pay us what we ask for, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's always it's always like, OK, so, you know, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? Um, and I feel like perhaps that's a, an easy starter question in the in the in the grand scheme of things where it's not. You know, you don't want to make yourself the victim where Mm -hmm. you feel like, oh, okay, like, why did this happen to me? But you also don't need to just come at it with that—I mean, you can come at it with that neutrality of being like, okay, what— you know, is it that I just need to trust more? I need to trust more that I'm being guided to the job that I ultimately want, to the man that I'll ultimately be with, to the apartment that I'll ultimately live in, or whatever it is. Are they, <laughs> are they
1: an assignment? Uh, yeah, I, call, I, I
0: believe everything's an assignment, you know? Yeah,
1: I love that, too, because you, we had talked before just about, like, previous dating and learning. Yeah, I think that the biggest question, and similarly, like you were saying, when you get up in the morning, it's how do you want me to show up? And like, for me, when 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 I pray, it's like, how can I leverage the gifts that you've given me and then show me how I can make that impact, like allow my eyes to see that opportunity? Because it's like, how can I be a servant to others while I have this time on earth? And then, um, I think, yeah, the biggest thing, and you said too, is just every opportunity is a growth opportunity and a way to learn and and to figure out. And so sometimes even if you can't see what you're supposed to take away, it's that trust piece of it's happening in your life for a reason. And maybe you don't know it and you might not be able to connect the dots, but it goes back to trust.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, yeah, that's definitely, you know, one of the things I've noticed, even from all the interviews that I've had so far for the podcast and a lot of people I've met is just that, That's kind of like the underlying stream is like that trust. And just knowing, you know, kind of every step of the way, just trusting that they're, you know... That everything is unfolding exactly as it should, in the exact way it should, and it's kind of, it's our job to kind of, and I feel like I forgot who I learned this from, but you know, it's our job to kind of like mine the gold along the way, you know, Mm -hmm. and like find that gold and find what we can, like the gold we can collect in every opportunity in the, in that, you know, in that growth you know, like the gold, the gold is the growth, the gold, the gold is that knowledge that we can kind of, you know, perhaps either, you know, learn how to open our heart more, learn how to love ourselves deeper, you know, learn how to accept and, you know, rise, rise higher, um, in every situation.
1: Mm-hmm. i but, know. I, well, I sorry, know <laughs> <the last laughs> we can thing. talk forever. No, I know, I know. <laughs> well, the one last thing is, um, and people always they are like, yeah, 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 whatever. But the joy is, um, it's like life is a journey. And if you put your efforts into the journey itself and not just to like the end place, I found like, for me, it's way more enjoyable because it's, it is this like fluid way of like, how do you react to life and how do you take the opportunities that come your way? And then how do you deal with it? And and so, it's the the person you become in the process of reaching whatever might, goal you set or destination you want to get to is really what the success is. So, like, yeah, reaching the goal is great, but then how did you evolve as a as a person through the journey?
0: I agree, and I would venture to say that the journey the journey is the destination. You know. Yes. It's it's kind of showing up every day and this is something that like me and my friend were talking about this weekend too, is just like what if this what if all you have is today? What if all you have is today? And when we really think about that, not in like a morbid way, but in like really like appreciating and enjoying today, you know, I think Sometimes when we think that oh well like if if I only had a week to live or if I only had a day or something like that you know at first our mind goes well I would go to Paris immediately or like I would go but you know let's let's suspend those kind of thoughts although I totally believe on acting out on all of them but we <laughs> <I> like <that. laughs> we're like you know go do that don't wait but at the same time I think if you had a day and you had to kind of live it the same way you usually live it except you would probably appreciate everything so much more. You would be so much more present for that podcast interview. You would be so much more joyous just going to that coffee shop and getting your favorite latte. You know, you'd be so much more, you know, careful and thinking like, Wow, like I wanna, you know, see so and so or, you know, maybe when I talk to my grandma on the phone tonight, I'm like not gonna be looking at Instagram at the same time. You know? I'm not gonna be <laughs> right. But, it's true. but but it's true, you just give you know, you just show up deeper and you'd actually infuse joy in because the truth of the matter is whether or not you're in a job you love right now or you're in a job that you've designed Because you love it. You can be equally happy and equally miserable in both situations just based on the way you look at it, you know, and it's bringing that joy and knowing like, okay, so right now I'm working at Target and that's not the end goal. That's not the end goal. And like maybe I'm holding the space for that vision, but I'm going to infuse as much joy here because I feel like kind of like what you were saying. Um, with your journey with target was just like i'm gonna show up here until i get to the point where i'm done where i realize i'm done but i feel like it's really only in those opportunities when we really show up and i call it being the light when we really just be the light and whatever the situation is with whatever is on our plate right now that we evolve to the next place i mean and mm-hmm. that's like one of the i want to ask you you know as you know the the alignment project is definitely something that's if you're in a nine to five and you're looking to trans transition out of the corporate um, scene into something else, I feel like there is a lot of like mystery. So people should definitely check that out. I'll put the link below, but just off the top of your head, what would, you know, what do you think was the, you know, perhaps either core belief or maybe it's just kind of like the, the wisdom that, that made you kind of have the the balls to to just be like i'm going to do it i'm going to take that leap
1: oh, i i think it was it was a series of quite i mean the questions cuz quite frankly at 24 i didn't people always ask, like did you have a savings i was like oh god no 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 I yeah did neither not. did i like,
0: neither did i when i started well, this either well and <laughs> Although if, i was if you, like if you can so do, it, do it do it that'd be smart
1: <laughs> i know no that's but and i but the root... The underlying root or like process, if you will, is like everyone is so everyone has different risk and like some people are really risk averse, some are, are not. At 24, in my mind, I'm like, well, the worst thing that could happen is I it doesn't work out and I go get another job or I have to move back at home or whatever. Like for me. The, the outcome, like the worst thing that could happen is I would have to get another job or move back at home. Like I wasn't going to die. And in that situation, it made sense. And like when people ask me that might have families like, yeah, it was easy for you. You were younger. You didn't have as much at stake and all this stuff. And I was like, well, yeah, you're absolutely right. So different situations that people find themselves in require different uh, lead ups, if you will, again, like different things that they have to plan and prepare for. But I'm a firm believer that if you genuinely want something and you desire it, you, you get past the part of the not being able to see the possibility, but you're like, okay, the question is now like, yeah, that's great, but it won't work. It's now like, okay, well, how can I make this work? What do I need to do? What am I comfortable with? What am I not comfortable with? And then you start planning and like, I'm like writing, a book right now about the lead up the leap in the land and saying that part of the lead up might force people to look at and say, Oh, wow, we do a lot of extra spending that I don't really need. And, and I want to like get rid of some of this stuff that doesn't really necessarily bring me joy and transition that energy into manifesting the life that I want to lead. And so you just really get in tune in and check with what matters the most. And so, um, yeah, for me, it was like, well, I'm not going to die. So the worst thing that would happen is I would go live at home and find another job.
0: Yeah. And I think so. that is that someone always put in uh, you know, it's different. You were absolutely right, it's different for everybody. And it's kind of getting I think to a certain degree I was just talking about this the other day too with I think it was with my grandma actually last night. Um how, you know, how I have, like, different uh, beliefs than a lot of people in my family just about, like, everything when life is concerned as far as, like, money and career and, like, I'm just, like, total wild card compared to the rest of my family. But, um, But one of the things is that, like, I went through a period of time where I was really poor. Like, I was, like, eating, like, brown rice and beans every day and, like, was scraping, like, working, like, eight jobs to, like, scrape together my rent for the month. And I really knew what it was like to be poor. But at the same time, like, I was doing it because I, like, I was fighting for what I really loved. I knew what mm-hmm. I wanted to do, and I knew that like, this would have an end date. And, and But having that experience, looking back, I think also decreases my fear dramatically. Because I know that I can do that, and it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, And I don't think I'll ever get to that again. But it wasn't the end of the world. And, you know, one of the things my men- uh, one of my many mentors, uh, an exercise that she had us do once was just like really like sit with that, sit with that fear, like sit with that worst case scenario, like the worst case scenario it could be and just like feel it, just like uh-huh. feel that, like go there for like 60 seconds. 90 seconds. Just let yourself go there. Feel it. Like, everything crumbled. You wrote the email. They write you an email back that says, like, you're trash or whatever. Like, the absolute most, like, ridiculous thing that could happen, you know? And and then just feel it, and then like once you feel it, nine. I mean, I would venture to say like ninety nine percent of the time you feel it, and you're like, oh, actually, it's not. It's not as bad as I thought it was. Like, Okay. Okay. Um, but one of the things what? I wanna, I wanna. Um, as we're wrapping up, I want to close with, uh, because I know Amanda so well, I know that one of her um, core desired feelings, I would describe it, um, is balance. And that balance oh. is <laughs> a really yeah. imp- important thing for her. And I think, um, so I want to ask you, how, how, first of all, how do you define balance? And then how do you do your best to create it in your life?
1: Yeah. Uh, defining balance for me comes from where, how I find like just feeling and then knowing exactly like where I'm at and something else for me that helps create balance is working out and having that as a staple. So like, I know I'm getting out of balance if I get irritable or if I'm not having enough time to sleep, sleep is huge. So if I'm not getting to bed by nine, nine 30, that, then I definitely know I'm out of balance. And obviously, that that's not that doesn't happen all the time, depending upon what you're doing and, and your schedule changes. But I just know that I'm a happier person when I'm in balance. And so if that's saying no to something on a Saturday night where my friends are going and doing something because I've been traveling on the road and I just want to spend time at home, I will choose to spend time at home. And I think it's always a... I'm always practicing balance because it's not always in, like, you know this week has been crazy Mm -hmm. and the beast mode came out when I didn't get, like you were saying before, when we don't get what we want or I just wasn't balanced, like I didn't make it to church. And so it's just having equilibrium, I guess, and not getting – it's becoming self-aware. And, again, like I value balance and so some people – might not value balance but it's just knowing yourself well and especially for me like how do I feel when I get out of balance and then that way I can better identify it and what are the activities that gets me out of balance so then I know how to like schedule certain things that keep me in a flow and what do I say yes to and what do I say no to
0: yeah and I think what a lot of other people I mean I think I definitely struggled with this uh it, I Like you said, it's a practice. I definitely believe balance is a practice. And you're constantly kind of like falling off, getting back on, falling off, yeah. getting back on, and just figuring out better systems, I like to put it, like systems, putting systems in place to help sustain it. Um, but I think especially, I mean, for, for when you're making that transition, And I think the funniest thing is, because I feel like a lot of people, if you're thinking about making that transition, you might think that, like, the transition is actually the craziest, but wait until you get what you want. (laughs) And (laughs) wait until you actually create this beautiful thing that you want. Um, So for, for whether you're in that stage of transitioning, maybe, like, tying up the ends at your nine to five or, you know, working one job during the day, and, like, that's what I was doing for the longest time, doing one job during the day while blogging and creating this other thing on the side um and then to actually getting what you want and having success with it where you're flying all over you have a lot more projects on your plate things are you know you're in demand how do you balance out your relationships and your your personal time with that and yeah I think both because I think both for me I'll just speak for myself um you like that. That was the hardest thing for me to get a grasp on, was yeah. to really, you know. And then now it's funny. I mastered the, um, the, the self care, like taking care of myself, because I just knew that the machine didn't run if I didn't take care of myself. Like I need to meditate every day. I have to take you know, bubble baths more nights than not during the week. (laughs) And I, you know, I need to fuel my body a certain way or the machine is not running. Um, But also making sure, you know, this is something that I know we've talked about a lot too. It's like, whether it's relationships with your family and your friends or a boyfriend, like, how do you you personally juggle that all when everything is kind of crazy. Cause I feel like that's a lot of what worries people when they're taking the leap as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say one of the things, and again, this was a Tony Robbins thing is list out, just do a, do an exercise like free flow about the things that you value, whether it's time, energy, family, faith, whatever. And then just write them out. Don't think about it. And then go back and circle the top 10 and then take that top 10 and then list it in order. And then ask yourself, do your actions and behaviors align with that order? And that's how it was apparent to me, like why I would get ornery was when, because like balance was a top thing and, but to balance relationships and everything at once. And especially when you're going and taking the the lead up like you were saying you're doing all these other jobs and preparing yourself which i call it burning the candle at both ends of the stick because there is a you you have to want to do it and sometimes you got to dig deep and so also recognizing that sometimes you have to give up and forgo temporarily what your true desires are in order to get where you want to go now I'm not saying that you have to keep it sustainable but it would be also you just have to realize what's important and to carve out time. And so maybe you can't say yes to all the things with your friends because you now don't have as much time. And so you say more no's to those opportunities. And then that way you protect the time with your family or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, whoever you're spending that time with, but just keeping in perspective and in the choices. And then also like you had said, my computer told me I'm running on reserve battery power. Um, (laughs) is keeping perspective on like your machine doesn't run well if you don't have X, Y, and Z. Like I know that I don't run well if I don't have eight hours and the pain that I experience when I don't have eight hours and the unpredictable like not being productive, that causes me greater pain than the pain of saying no to something right now, because I get way more, I get massive joy out of being well-rested, getting to a workout on time and then making sure I keep time for me in the morning, Than taking another phone, like an extra phone call or something. Like it's just, it's not worth it to me, but I, that takes a lot of self-awareness to get to that place, to know what is it that you, you value on that. So
0: yeah, no, I totally agree. It's definitely, yeah. it's a work in, in in progress. So I hope that serves as a, you know, also like a, a comfort to people listening that it is something that you're constantly learning more about yourself and constantly learning, you know, what's working and what, what doesn't. Um, but, you know, at, just to close up, I just want, you know, do you have any final words for somebody that's listening to this right now and is... Just like, okay, you know, what's one, you know, one word of advice or one maybe tip you would give them, um, to help them start, you know, start living the life that, that they really dream of?
1: Whoa. Uh, I would say like, and I'll just get specific. If someone's in a role that they're not necessarily filled and and joyful with, it's, just make a loose plan like put together how long like when set an intention on a date and then back out of that and ask yourselves the questions like what do I need to be comfortable with what do I like really want to have happen and then just put it on paper because there's something about writing stuff out on paper that you not only hear it think it speak it but you also see it and that's I would totally recommend doing that because things just happen and make a loose, loose plan of that.
0: I love that. I definitely I think there's a lot, um, you know, having your launch plan and being able to see it gives you a lot of comfort in the present. And like I, I always call that like holding the vision and trusting the process. And once you've actually, like, written out that vision, you can kind of trust the process that you're on the way to get there. Thank you so much, Amanda.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. And, yeah, I mean, I just, I love this stuff. So thank you for your time and your energy today
0: of course it was a pleasure having you and for everybody that's listening you can find out more about amanda below in the links um you can also check out the alignment project but i'll put everything below um so that they can keep in touch with you and um if they're looking to leave the nine to five hopefully really dig into some stuff with the alignment project <laughs> i
1: love it thanks guys
0: bye love bye Thank you